Hello everybody, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Um, it's a special this week because we've we've got two episodes and we sometimes have two episodes where we do a kind of wee preview of uh, an international match or something. But this week, uh, because it was the end of the Guinness Six Nations and is now the start of the TikTok Six Nations, we thought we'd do two separate podcasts, give them both their own space because in a way, Craig, we didn't want to taint what's coming and all the positive stuff that's coming with the horror of what's just been yeah absolutely um i think it's uh, I, I think we you know um we've been covering a little you know a, a, a bit of um the women's game for some time now um but uh, it's 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 fantastic to actually have the podcast um covering the six the the the, the more hopefully the more positive six nations that are coming up yeah, uh, we're, we're very lucky as well to be joined by Rachel Law, uh, current scrum half for Watsonians. Uh, good evening, Rachel. Thank you very much for having me, guys. No, um, it's it does. Um, it feels like Craig said it feels positive this time. I don't. There's a bit of a buzz around the TikTok Six Nations this time, and I don't know if it's. Do you think Rachel? It's because it's maybe got its own space now that it's it's not kind of running alongside the men's one. It's it's got it's its own kind of standalone tournament. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think kind of women's rugby as a whole is on the up around the world. Um, and especially in Scotland, there, there's new teams popping up left, right and centre. So, um, no, it's fantastic to have such a brilliant sponsor like TikTok. TikTok's, don't ask me about TikTok, I think I'm too old for that. But um, no, it's, it's all the hype at the moment. Um, and to have a fantastic sponsor like that for um, the Women's Six Nation is, is really getting it out there um, for everyone to see. So no, it should be a fantastic um, campaign. The sponsor is an interesting thing, Craig. I know we've we've talked on this podcast before with my adventures in TikTok and some of the unfortunate thing, disturbing things I've seen on there until someone showed me how to put the child filters on. Um, <laughs> listen, don't search for accountants because that's not what you think it means. Um, <laughs> but it is, it kind of feels exciting. It, it feels much more dynamic in a way, I think, than the men's tournament because, I mean, we were talking about pundits last night on the other podcast, but there is something very old-fashioned and very staid about the men's tournament still that's struggling to break away. But this, having someone like TikTok involved feels really exciting, Craig. I, I think I think what's what's fantastic about it is the fact that um, not just the TikTok side of things, but but um, the women's Six Nations, the women's game that is accelerating and accelerating and accelerating. We it's a, it's almost a clean sheet when I'm talking about punditry and I'm talking about TV, etc. It's almost a clean sheet, so we could they can bring in players who have either just finished or just coming through to to do some punditry and actually give you some up to date punditry rather than talk about when they were, you know, um, to, when they were on the back foot in the oat cake, you know, and all these different things. It, it's it's just it's, it's an air of excitement to it, and obviously, um, with the build, you know, Rachel just talked just quickly there about the the, the amount of teams that are coming to the game in Scotland, especially. It, it just gives us um, a far more, you know, it's more, far more tar- targeted. The, the the young women that are coming out, coming through schools, will see it now far more because of TikTok, and it just it just gives a bit of oomph, you know. It's fantastic. How do, Rachel? I'm interested, kid. What what was your journey into rugby like then? How did you come across coming to rugby? Um, so I started playing rugby when I was about four years old, just down at my local rugby club. My dad played for the first team down at Pennycook, so was always there at the weekends, always there on a Saturday and picked up a ball. I was always a bit competitive and I have an older sister, Sarah, and so was always uh, one for, for, she was standing watching the game and I'd be tackling her. Um, so yeah, just got, got involved in, in rugby, came all the way up through the kind of mini section at Pennycook. Um, and then when I got to secondary school, um, I started playing at Murrayfield Wanderers um, under 15s moved up to their under 18s and then into their senior squad there um and then when I went to university kind of one of the main reasons that I wanted to go to Edinburgh University was the fantastic setup that they had for women's rugby um so yes went to Edinburgh University and played in the the Bucks National League which is 
essentially a university league that um, spans up and down the country. So you're playing against teams like Hartbury, playing against teams like uh, Northumbria, um, and who who are kind of top top of the game. So um, yes, played at university, and then when I graduated last year, moved on to to play for Watsons, where I play currently. Yeah, and what how has the standard kind of changed over the years? Because I know um, obviously that. The, the format of the Premiership in Scotland's changed, and there's certainly that the, there are there seems to be much more women's teams around, and even kind of youth teams around. Has, has this, have you noticed the standards improving over the last few years? Yeah, massively. Um, in terms of kind of getting more under 12s teams, under 15s teams, under 18s, and kind of bridging that gap all the way up. Um, and then in terms of the Premiership, as you say, it's kind of been restructured now. This year in particular every single one of those games in the premiership were competitive every single one of those teams were competitive um, and you've kind of got the likes of Geary um, and, and West of Scotland who are in, in national one knocking on the door of the premiership as well so the standard throughout Scotland is is, is up and coming um, and, and hopefully obviously England's are kind of the leading the way in terms of their um, Alliance Tyrrell's um, premier 15 so um, it's, it's really good that, that Scotland are pushing that as well um, with the, the Premiership side of things. Yeah, I mean, we should say congratulations because you were part of the Watsonian side that won the Premiership in January. Yeah. Um, 67-0 against Hillhead Jordan. But then we, I was talking to Ian Hay, who had seen, covered the Hillhead Jordan Watsonians game in November. And actually, that was much tighter. So although people might look at the you know, the 67-0 final, the, the, the games, I think, up to that were much tighter than that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not entirely sure what happened in that final. I think we, we found some form. Um, but yeah, no, all of the kind of league games um, heading up to the kind of semi-finals and finals um, had been super competitive. You had the likes of, of Cartha and Harriet, um, who are kind of new in, into the Premiership, competing with, with Hillhead and, and Watson. So no, all of it had been um, really, really competitive um, up until that final. I'm not quite sure. We must have found some some good form. Um, I know it was a lovely day to play some rugby, so maybe the weather played a part as well. Yeah, and, and Craig, you've you've obviously coached women's rugby um, as well. Have you have you kind of noticed that a change in in kind of the numbers and the and the interest over the the, the last few years? Yeah, I think um, you know I'm wearing my How Harlequins t-shirt tonight. Actually, um, uh, the I I retired. I came well. We retired when I say I'm still coaching, but I I came away from the Quins um, last year. And they were in fourth position, or they finished fourth position in, in National One. And we started way back um, and came through the system. And so there was a lot of, it, it, you know, you were, you were really at the point where we had Kirkcaldy and us. And there was a couple of teams that would probably feed us a little bit because there wasn't enough players at those other teams to actually have a 15s game but now we're at a stage where you know Dundee have, have, have got a new have set up a new team um, and, and are doing incredibly well in fact I think they're managing now to, to produce two teams um, we've got Strathy over in Forfa who have, have started a new team that are, are doing very very well and I'm only just talking about the Fife and Tayside area that I know a little bit better um, so it, it has, there is a lot of teams out there, but actually what's more encouraging from from my part, point of view is that there are more junior teams than senior teams. You know, we're seeing a lot more um, uh, teams having their under 12s or under 15s. And, and that, I guess that we, we were screaming for it, that, you know, five years ago because we had, we had girls who were coming through playing up to primary seven who were playing phenomenally well and everyone, you know, they were, do, they were, they were almost doing, you know, they were, they were doing better than the boys a lot of the time um, and showing better skills. And then they were, they had nowhere to go within their own, within their own club, which is the club that they've grown up with and they love. And so they were having to look elsewhere. And that that's one of the reasons we started the, the How Harlequins. But it, I think, um, you know, it is very, very encouraging. It's quite an exciting thing to see. Because you're you're seeing these new teams coming along, and 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 I think that you know Gary have been knocking on the door of the Prem for some time now, and we we've played Gary many many times, and they are a, they are a very very passionate outfit up there, and I'm looking forward if they do get promoted. I think they have, have they been promoted. They have, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to see how they how they fare with the Prem um, next year. It's going to be great. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's been inter- a couple of kind of interesting things. Obviously, Craig and I, Rich, have talked a lot on the podcast <coughs> with, with the other guys about you know professional rugby for women in in Scotland and the opportunities. And there's been kind of obviously the more recent kind of news that Brian Eason's been working to get kind of an understanding of of players' needs now, are almost kind of like as a stepping stone maybe towards professionalism. Obviously, there's people who have full-time jobs and careers where it wouldn't make financial sense for them to to play professional rugby but but need to be supported and you've got people who are studying how how kind of challenging is it to kind of maintain standards the kind of standards you need to maintain to be at the level you're at and kind of say balance university and now now a career for you yeah exactly um it's difficult time management is is difficult but at the end of the day I love playing rugby so for the for the love of the sport um it doesn't pay the bills um but no uh, the reason that I play is is for the love of the sport and it's it's fantastic to see the game growing in Scotland obviously there's kind of a, a long way to go but the girls have just recently qualified for for the World Cup after a spectacular win in Dubai against Colombia so um hopefully as you say growing the game from grassroots getting kind of more and more girls interested in rugby wanting to play rugby you push it from the bottom and and hopefully kind of the the funding comes um in terms of of the girls at the moment each of them are kind of being supported as much as they can be um in kind of the lead up to to the world cup lots of them have as you say full-time jobs and lots of them are, are studying so it's tailored to, to kind of each individual um as to kind of the support that they receive but hopefully in the the not so distant future um we'll be kind of be be following in in England's footsteps and, and hopefully having some professional contract full-time professional contracts um for the women yeah and we heard that I mean Craig I think that's it was today I think it's come out and I saw it reported Brian Easton sitting out, there is a long-term plan to try and get in the Premier 15s, which is quite exciting. So that's the first time I think that, that someone has publicly said that from the SRU, that that is an ambition. Yeah. 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 Sorry. On you go, Rachel. Please, please. No, no, please. You know far more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say, it, it, England have got it right. They have been building over the past 10, 15, 20 years their women's game um, and kind of the, the Premiership. 15s that they're running at the moment is, is fantastic just look at how many of the the kind of scotland players are playing down south at the moment so um getting a team in scotland that would be able to travel and play against the the premiership 15 teams down in england is probably the best step we keep the players um at home therefore they're able to kind of inspire and develop the game in scotland rather than having to go down south um but you're also kind of bringing a a, a team um into a fantastic environment which is the the premier 15s I mean, it's like you know, Rachel's saying there, Craig, about the, the number of players, and I'm looking at the the team that's been announced for uh, the England game, and the majority of players are are in, you know are, are playing in the Premiership. I suppose that's testament to to the strength of the grassroots in Scotland that so many clubs in England are recruiting Scottish players. Yeah, um, uh, certainly Rachel will know more than I do about that. But on my side of things, from what I saw and, and from what what we talked about when. When I was coaching, it was very much a. We had two or three players who, um, you know, um, one of our one of our players went to Loughborough University, and 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 that was the link to, to go on to Loughborough Lightning. Um, uh, and unfortunately, through injuries and bits and pieces, she's she's not made that progression. But then you've got uh, Nick Howitt, who uh, Rachel and I both know, and 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 she had a progression. She she went through the How, then into Edinburgh Uni. Um, and then she's now down at Sale Sharks playing um, and, and combining it with a, 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 a you know um, a full time job as a vet. So um, it, it's a, it's it seems to be a, you could, we could probably point point at the SRU and say to them, well, why are all our players going going away from Scotland? But on the other side of things, they're being offered not only um, the opportunity to play a high level of rugby, but they're also being offered an amount of money that will help top up and 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 
obviously, you know, it, it recompense them for the amount of work that they have to do to be these professional athletes. I, I don't, I don't know if that I'm, I'm, I'm slightly skewed, Rachel. I might be wrong, um, but just seeing the drain, it's, it's a shame to see the drain, but it's, it's actually being shown in the national team to see the, the the levels are coming up and up and up and we're becoming more and more competitive because they're being being um, uh, exposed to more professional rugby. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Craig. Um, in terms of, it was really good. We had quite a few of the Scotland girls, first of all, head down to DMP, um, Sharks in in um, Durham area, and now quite a few of them have moved down to, to Sale as well. So um, yeah, as you say, it is, Scotland has the ability, grassroots rugby in Scotland has the ability to pr produce some outstanding um, players. So um, the, it is testament to them that they've, they've managed to go down down south and are, are starting for Sale, Loughborough, Gloucester, Hartbury. Um, so yes, it is fantastic. But as you say, if we can get a competitive women's team in Scotland that can compete at that level, I think that's kind of the next step for, for kind of growing the, the game in Scotland. How how has that worked in terms of what you've seen, Rich? Obviously, you you were in the Scotland camp, kind of, or you announced in the squad in twenty twenty, and I know you you got Anna Smith at Watsonians. Do you see that kind of influence in the the stuff people are picking up down south coming back to Scotland? Is that kind of feeding feeding into the kind of stuff that you're doing? Yeah, exactly. Um, and having and being in camp with them, having them being down south and kind of got the training at that high level um is fantastic the kind of knowledge and skills that they bring back from that um rubs off on all of us um in particular this season um molly wright who also plays for watson's she went down and played a couple of games for for sale sharks and and then has come back and been involved in, in kind of watson stuff so the skills knowledge and 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 things that they can bring back um, to Scotland is fantastic. So if we were able to to get a women's team up here and, and get them all back up, um, I think it would be a, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this squad is a force to be reckoned with, I think, now. I mean, it was, I think, Craig, we said last year, it was maybe a disappointing Six Nations for for Scotland. Unfortunately, the tournament wasn't finished, so we, we, we don't know how that's ended, but would have ended, but it's they've got a lot about them i think you know the outside of england and we'll we'll, we'll come on we we'll talk about this weekend's match in a moment but outside of england you you look at the the other teams you think well, well scotland are there or thereabouts with everybody else yeah, oh, sorry, go quick. No, 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 honestly, no, I honestly no, crack no. on. Well, no. on, my, on my side of things, uh, looking at looking, I guess, outward in, um. There's a few things that have been put in place that I think um, I think have really uh, are, are growing the Scotland team. Um, a, they're getting to train together more, and again we go back to the point about um, about having a professional team in Scotland that would aid um, Scotland camps a lot a lot more because you're not having to drag people from London and from and from uh, Leicester and everything up and then to, to train together. They've also um, this is absolutely no disrespect to the coaches that have come come along through the Scotland system, but they've got a pretty serious coach now with Brian Eason. Um and I think Tyrone, I've forgotten Tyrone's second name, but and his assistant coach. I think they've there's a these these guys. You know, I know Brian's been in the, involved in rugby and, and in within the SRU for a long, long time, and so it's it's this stability of good coaching, um, uh, the player, a steady, you know, a steady squad. They're not throwing, they're bringing in new players, but this, the, the bones, the, the, the decision makers of the squad are there and have been there for some time. Um, and, and, and they're starting to get this professionalism because of not, I'm not saying they weren't professional, but because they're being exposed to the, the, the professional rugby um, at their different teams, that it's all coming together, and they're looking stronger than ever. And I'm I'm really excited about it. I suppose before Brian Eason, though, Rachel, we had um, Philip Doyle in, who had a lot of experience with Ireland. And I don't know whether or not there was maybe a that was a a, a, a shift whether he brought something into the Scotland camp that said, and I, I, I suppose whether that was even a kind of a a mark from the SIU to say we're taking the women's game seriously. Here's a guy who's got had success with Ireland and whether he kind of brought the standards 
you know, raise standards in in the national camp. Yeah, Philip was really good. Um, he brought a lot of tempo. He he brought a lot of experience, as you say, coming from kind of the Ireland setup. Um, so it, it was nice to have, albeit very briefly um have him for kind of the 2026 nations and then um unfortunately due to to kind of personal reasons he was unable to continue with us but Brian was assistant coach to to Philip as well so um he kind of naturally took over that role but as you say let's look at Scottish rugby's values at the moment women is one of their their values so um hopefully that just shows that they they are looking to to take it seriously they are looking to kind of put more funding um into it and as you can see kind of over the last um couple of months or so with the, the results that the Scotland women have been getting hopefully this kind of six nations will will be will go well for them um and will hopefully continue to kind of grow the game and and get more funding involved yeah um, if we go through the fixtures, I'm going to put England to one side. We'll come to England last because it's this weekend and we can do the preview of that. But if we go through the fixtures and the order of the fixtures, we've got Scotland, they've got Wales next up, um, away to Wales. Um, Rachel, obviously the Wales have kind of, there's been the big announcement around Wales that, that they're going to award these professional contracts, that there's going to be a lot of investment. They kind of see, it's hard to know whether or not they're behind or, or, or parallel with Scotland, but the, the games have always been closely fought at an international, you know, international level, certainly. Yeah, definitely. Um, a very historic um, win against Wales a couple of years ago. Um, a kick in the in the last few minutes um, by Sarah Law was a, a spectacular. I'm biased. I'm sorry, but um, it was a very good <laughs> you're allowed to be. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Wales have, as you say, just recently announced um, 12 full-time contracts and 12 kind of part-time contracts. And obviously they have already qualified for the World Cup in New Zealand. Um, so they'll be kind of building and, and looking forward to that. So it looks like Welsh rugby is on the up. Um, they're kind of getting more um, kind of teams in, in Wales up and coming. A lot of their girls are, are playing for kind of Bristol, um, Gloucester Heart rate in the, uh, the Premiership 15s. Um, so hopefully they're kind of able to bring that kind of experience from there back to Wales and hopefully be able to grow a bit of the game there. But um, yes, first, well, second game um, next weekend um, down in Wales should be a good one um, and one that hopefully we can steal the win. Yeah, and this this yeah. kind of stuff, I suppose, the women's rugby, is you see it, Craig, on, on social media, kind of, kind of making waves outside of the kind of bubble it was maybe restricted to before, not, not by its own fault, just due to nobody really kind of giving it the exposure it needs but you know someone like jazz joyce and you've got people talking about jazz joyce not just as one of the best women player but one of the the best rugby players in the world right now and that's you know you see the clips of her and sevens doing the rounds and that's got to be really good for the game in general having names like that out there i think i think with it it, it if if we could get to a stage that it was mirroring slightly um the six nations build-ups so you know we've got these you know when the when when the the main six nations is going on we've got these names of and they're becoming more and more house you know the duponts the 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 um the farrells if we god i have to mention his name but yeah the farrells um the you know um the alwyn jones you've got these players and if we could if we could get to that point where You've got the Jazz Joyce's, you've got the Jade Conkles, um, you've got um, uh, uh, my, my head's gone completely just now, but you've got those names that are out there being constantly talked about, constantly, and you know, instead of oh, um, instead of just being a second thought, it's a first thought to to mirror. The Six Nations in the build-ups now that I've seen a little bit of the build-ups now, and 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 the BBC are doing quite well, I think, um, and the, you're getting to see a little bit, a little bit in their build-ups. You're getting to see, you're getting to see the adverts, etc., for it. And if we can get more and more of that, and more and more promotion, then we're going to have a far, a far better attended and a better, a bigger audience for the for the Six Nations. Yeah. Uh, then it's France next. Now France, obviously. What's strange about France, I suppose, Rachel, compared to England, is that the Scotland have beaten France in the last couple of years, and that 
what what does that do to for a team like Scotland? Because it must give them confidence and take away that kind of element of, you know, I, I, here's an unassailable opponent because we've assailed them before. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was kind of October time, 2020, we drew with them 13-0, um, Rachel Shanklin's um, with, the, with the score in the corner um, to, to get the draw. So no, um, yeah, it is good that we are able to kind of compete. They have some outstanding players. Um, they're Nine is currently injured, um, but their kind of second second choice nine, um, Sansus, she is particularly good as well. Um, and drew on their ten is fantastic as well. So, I think it'll be a tough game. Um, the kind of French women's rugby. One of our players, uh, Rona Lloyd, um, and a few players um, previously, Chloe Rowley and Jade Conkle, have played over in France um, and kind of got a bit of experience of, of French rugby. Um, and the French. Fans, they love their rugby. They it is all over um, their TVs. They get millions of people watching it. So French women's rugby is is fantastic. Um, so for us to go and be able to compete at that level um, will be fantastic. And fingers crossed, um, we should be able to put out a good performance against them. Yeah, um, Italy, Craig. Again, it wasn't the best of games against Italy last year but I don't know I think it's we, we talked again we talked about kind of the Japan game and a couple of games where maybe the, the team had a tendency to maybe switch off and not 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 turn up because that's the wrong word but do you know what I mean that, that, that kind of like have have kind of like little blips along the way and that kind of felt what, what the Italy game was because Scotland have been competitive against Italy in the past yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, and uh, apart from the odds, the odd game that's played in a mud bath um, down in uh, just uh, the, down in Italy, I, I can't. I can't. I, that game was amazing. Um, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, that it was uh, the, the 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 state of the pitch and everything was terrible. But Italy, uh, Italy are a, are a hard team to beat. But Scotland have got the. The, the beating off Italy, um, but then you know I th- I think Scotland have got the beating of at least three teams out of the Six Nations, um, so I I really uh, and maybe a fourth. So I, I think there's it'll be an interesting one. But Italy's always an interesting game because it, you, it, it, it's I think it's I think we've got a very very good chance to take them this year. Yeah, we've got Angus Thompson on the comments asking where Scotland are ranked in the world. I mean Scotland are currently ninth. I think Italy are eighth, and it's mm. it's not. It's actually fairly tight between Scotland and ninth on ninety three, so seventy three point four eight points. Italy seventy six point four three, and it's kind of, I suppose, five downwards. Australia between Australia and Scotland, there's there's five different ranking points, which would kind of I suppose Rachel show the the kind of progression that Scotland have made that that the family in the top ten and the gap between. Ninth and fifth isn't isn't that wide? Yeah, no, agree. And the Women's World Cup in September, October time this year um, in New Zealand will hopefully give kind of all of those teams a, a platform to kind of show how they are going their games and, and how um, the kind of women's rugby in each of those countries is coming along. Something that was quite interesting that I read this week was about the New Zealand squad. So they have chosen to make 38 players professional in the lead up to their um, World Cup um, and those professional contracts are looking at um, payments of about £32,000 a year so they are taking women's rugby particularly seriously um, they've always been the Black Ferns have always been a fantastic rugby team but it's brilliant to see them hopefully kind of leading the way for, for women's rugby and having um, the Women's World Cup there hopefully kind of sets the standard and platform for, for women's rugby um, throughout the world so yes that'll be an interesting one in October and September and hopefully Scotland can kind of prove that they deserve to be in that top 10 and they deserve to be competing against some of the best teams up there yeah, because you don't get much of an opportunity. It's not like kind of with with the men's game where there's the autumn series where all the teams from the south travel up north and you know we get our chance every three years to play New Zealand or test ourselves every year against Australia and um, South Africa. So I suppose it is a bit of a an unknown going down to the southern hemisphere and, and a World Cup for Scotland and really kind of 
testing testing themselves against this, the you know these teams. Yeah, definitely. And looking at the pool that Scotland are in, it's going to be a challenging one to say the least. Um, playing against, so I think the opening game is um, New Zealand versus Australia. So hopefully that sets a really good tone. Um, and then obviously we've got um, Australia, um, New Zealand, and Wales. So all of those games will be tough games. Um, but yes, as you say, it's it's difficult to know what level everyone's on we've never played um and we've not played them in a very long time um so it'll be interesting to see where we're kind of sitting in terms of competing against the southern hemisphere teams yeah the last game uh is ireland and again there's been a craig ireland women's rugby in ireland seems to be in utter turmoil at the minute this all sorts of different stories coming out and there's been a commitment now to kind of investigate that and 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 get it sorted sorted out but Ireland have always I think you know have always been one of the better sides but Scotland seemed to have caught up in the last kind of three four years certainly yeah I think I think well you know again uh, uh, this I guess this is my opinion on it but it, it looks like the Ireland were the, they were right up there they were they were they invested in the women's game um Right at the beginning, and the and they they continued and they 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 played on, and they had a very very good good pool of players to pull from, but they haven't developed it. It doesn't seem like they've put the money into it to develop it, um, and they've they've just stuck with the tried and tested method, and unfortunately they've got to a point where all the other teams have caught up with them, and then to have the the year that that um, the Irish players have had with with what seems like an incredible amount lack of support and an incredible lack of respect um when it comes to changing rooms and and, and different things now the, the question i have is is has that been happening before and it's and it's and it's getting highlighted more because of social media and have they had to deal with this for a long time um but whatever whatever happened to have what happened to 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 the Ireland to the Irish team was was really just just disrespectful to the to the the amount of work and uh, that, that these professional athletes put in, and so it, I think Ireland have really had a bit of a hopefully they've had a bit of a fright um, with the reaction that the 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 rugby world had, um, and it got got a lot of the rugby world talking about women's rugby again not only the positives but also the negatives um the so hopefully it's opened a, it's it's opened more given more um presence to it and and people are starting to talk about it both sides and 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 hopefully it's going to do some good eventually but yeah i think i, I think ireland have kind of stayed where they are um just to answer the that's a hugely huge big long quick answer to a short question but i think ireland have stayed where they are whereas others have come through and are investing more into their into their game yeah, because it was it Ireland that Scotland beat in that mini tournament. Am I remembering that rightly? To qualify for so Ireland didn't qualify for the World Cup at the no. expense of well, Scotland yeah. beat them, Rachel. So that's I mean that's a massive marker for Scotland. It almost feels like the point at which Scotland kind of have almost overtaken Irish rugby from from the women's game point of view. Yeah, definitely. And it, as Craig says, it's disappointing because Ireland were at the forefront um, of women's rugby a couple of seasons ago. So, um, yeah, they've definitely taken the, their foot off the pedal um, and they'll be disappointed that they're not going to the World Cup in, in New Zealand. Um, so hopefully they can kind of reconsider everything um, and look at potentially putting a bit more funding into it so that in four years time they're they're able to compete on that world stage. Yeah. Let's talk about England then. So normally, Craig, we sit here before matches and we, we don't normally record on a Thursday. So we, we don't normally know what the team is and then we have to kind mm. of hastily arrange. It's nice to sit in a, pod, <laughs> a longer podcast, Craig, and have it in front of us to, to talk about. Absolutely. It's a, it's a very experienced team, Rachel. I, I, I don't know, I kind of like really, until I went through it today, kind of the, there's really only you've got Leah Bartlett and Christine Belzile on, on, both on 12 caps, but everybody else is is 20 caps plus and that's got to be i mean it's probably one of the most experienced women's teams scotland have had in the past few years 
Yeah, exactly. Um, there's only one change to the to the starting fifteen from the, that team that started against Colombia. So um, obviously we had um, Waz um, Emma Wassel um, a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago getting her fiftieth cap. Now that was a particularly special one because that was fifty consecutive caps, mm. um, which was a, an incredible achievement for her. So um, and then. Hopefully, um, this weekend we'll be seeing Jade Conkle getting her 50th um, with a couple, Lana and, and Sarah Law will be hopefully following close behind her. So, yeah, a fantastic um, squad full of, of lots of experience um, with a little sprinkle of um, some newer newer players coming through you've got the likes of, of Eva Donaldson um Shona Campbell on the bench um along with Meryl Smith who who is uncapped and fingers crossed she gets off the bench and, and gets her first cap yeah am I right in thinking that with Emma Wassel that it's it's 50 caps consecutive starting but even the the other two are consecutive caps as well that she came off the bench in both those other so I mean it's a phenomenal I think I put it out on Twitter when when it was in the the fit, she she made the benchmark saying, "Has anybody else done this in rugby?" I think the only and it was JPR Williams. I think was the only name that came back. So, in this era of rugby, that's a phenomenal record. Yeah, a fantastic, fantastic record. Um, and yeah, Waz is a, a hard worker, both on and off the pitch. So, um, great testament to to her. So, no, fantastic achievement. And, and that's, Craig, that's sorry. Yeah, go on, Craig. No, go on. That was that's what cracks. We were just talking about it earlier on um, about the lack of games um, because you know I, I've I've been lucky enough to to run into Jade Conkle many many times throughout her career, and she's seen. This sounds terrible because it's like she's she's old, but you know <laughs> she's been she's been within the she's been within the Scotland setup in my mind for a long long time, and. She's just getting her fiftieth cap now, um, and it, it, it's it it, it it just strikes me. She if she if we if if um if she was in the men's game, she would be getting close to a hundred. And the same with Waz, I would have thought. You know, uh, you know, she would be she would have been a hundred, hundred and ten. You know, so it's 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 quite it, it strikes you. It really does strike you the fact that they they don't you don't get the opportunity to play as many games internationally as you would want to. Yeah, exactly. And um, another one as well. So Sarah, my sister Sarah Law, um, she'll hopefully be getting her 50th cap in this Six Nations campaign. Um, but she posted on Instagram just earlier, she's played in, in 10 consecutive Six Nations. So that's 10 wow. years that she's been involved in and now only getting her, her 50th cap, albeit she's had a very bumpy road with, with quite a few injuries, but um, still 10 consecutive um, Six Nations and, and still only 50 caps. So as you say, there, there's just not that many games each year for um, the woman to play in, um, but hopefully with things like the the World Cup, with um, potential summer tours, potential kind of autumn internationals. Obviously, we played against Japan um, back in in November time. So hopefully, things like that will kind of come and and be more um, prominent in in the women's side of things. Would you, this is this is something we've talked about before? I think on the pod, Craig and Craig and I. And, um, would you rather, Rachel, that that see women's rugby kind of continue to try and mirror men's rugby in the way that? kind of the with the summer tours and the autumn tours or do you think there's an opportunity here to kind of completely start from scratch and and look at new things like european tournaments and regular you know mini tournaments rather than trying to say well we'll do an autumn tour and a summer tour with the traditional names yeah i i do i think having the six nations this year as a kind of separate entity to the mains has been good I think it, it brings a whole new hype you can hype about the men's and then you can move on and be right here's the women's six nation and the media side of things builds it up hopefully that gets more attention um, and, and more people wanting to watch so yeah if there is the possibility for the women to kind of branch out and create their own tournaments going forward I think it would be brilliant something new it keeps it interesting um, and hopefully gets more people watching it yeah yeah I want to talk about England because I'm 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 fascinated about how a team like Scotland prepares for a game like England because England almost feel like I mean the, the well, I suppose the 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 All Blacks of the women's game and that they feel unbeatable and the game you know Scotland obviously 
scored 10 points last year against them. Do, do you go into a game like that um, planning to win and target them, or do you kind of go in with, with kind of a, a kind of smaller target of, of winning individual battles and just seeing how things go? How, how, how do you kind of go about preparing for, for a game like this, Rachel? I think you go into every rugby game with, with the intention of winning. Um, oh, as you say, it's difficult. They are an extremely experienced team. And as I said earlier, they have been growing the women's game for 10, 15, 20 years or so. So they are leaps and bounds ahead of, of where Scotland are. And, and at the end of the day, they are professional. Um, it's amateurs versus professionals. So being able to compete is a challenge. Um, but we've shown in the past there's been aspects of Scotland versus England where we have been able to compete particularly at scrum time last year um, we won quite a few scrum penalties um, and we're kind of not bullying their forwards up front but I think we were stepping up and, and kind of showing um, what we can do and this year in particular having kind of the experience our front row all playing down in the Tyrrells uh, in the Alliance uh, Premier 15s I think it'll be really good lots of our squad are, are in and around know the England girls particularly well um, take for example um, the, all of the Loughborough Lightning lot um, at from Scotland, they'll be playing with the likes of Helena Rowland, with Emily Scarrett. So they'll know how they play um, and hopefully be able to use that to their, their advantage. But yeah, I'd hope we'd go into it with, we want to be able to compete. We want to be able to win. Um, and as you say, setting realistic goals, but hopefully we're able to put out a performance that we're proud of. Yeah. There's something Absolutely. in that, Craig, isn't there, about, about the, you know, the, it takes away the fear of if you're familiar with the opposition. I remember I, w- I was terrible at rugby, um, so I was generally if we turned if Berwick turned up to play somebody and the other team were a man down, it was always me that got sent. And I actually really enjoyed playing those games because I knew what was, there was no unknown. It's like well, I know what I know what my mates are like. I know I don't really fear them because I train against them every Wednesday night, as opposed to going up against an unknown opposition. And I think there is something in that maybe now that we have more players down in the Premier Fifteens that there is less of an unknown element for, for the players think, going into it. I think also you've, you've, got, you've got the situation where, um, especially in the forwards, you've got a lot of the forwards in, within the Scotland setup that A, have been playing against the forwards in the, in, in the England setup regularly. There's nothing to fear. And also they can they can change a game because they can go out and, and put in a big hit or put in a, you know, steal a ball in the line out or against scrum penalties and have England, you know, get into the English heads because they they are they are being built up as this all-conquering team, and if they if if they if the players aren't have have absolutely no acceptance of that, the the public kind of look at it as an all-conquering team. The players are going, yeah, I can beat my I can beat my opposite number, no problem whatsoever. Then then they start to doubt themselves, and then you get that edge, um, and I think. We it's 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 an exciting time. It's an exciting game, and also having um, I'm a little bit biased because it's our home it's our home um, venue. But having the damn health as well, it just adds all of that. It brings a crowd in closer, and you you can hear the individual shouts. You can hear the individual conversations, and and it just I think it's a really exciting exciting prospect. Yeah, and, and do you think that'll help, Rich? Because I was going to ask that kind of the being in a kind of the dam with the, the, the you know the the crowd so close to the pitch, does that have an impact when you're playing having you know the, the, the kind of numbers there? Yeah, definitely, and um, the stadium's fantastic. Played against Japan um, in in November there, um, and all of the girls said it was a fantastic experience. You could hear everyone; the crowd were like that extra man, um, and, and really got them going. So no, I think it's a fantastic opportunity. I've heard ticket sales are pretty good. Um, we're looking in excess of, of four thousand, so it'll be fantastic. Um, and what a way to kind of kick off the the women's Six Nations at fantastic venue with with a. a, a hopefully a full stadium. So, no, I think the, the Dam House is a brilliant stadium and, and hopefully the girls can use that encouragement from the supporters. Yeah, and you can almost see, Craig, it, it could become a bit of a fortress for Scotland, that, in, you know, in a way that I think, you know, Scott... Now, I, I'm not just saying this because the Glasgow lads aren't here tonight. But in a way that I think <laughs> see that Scotland... See, you can see all you want. You can see it all you want. 
I think in a way that you know, because you've not got you've not got the Scott Rail track at the back. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's 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 got that feel of it could become somewhere that teams will fear to come because of because of the potential atmosphere you can create there. Yeah, I, I, I you know, Edinburgh themselves this this year have have always said that the that they love playing there because of of how much the crowd are involved in the game. If your head's going down, the crowd lifts you. And I think, I think, um, obviously, I would far, far rather have Scotland playing in Murrayfield and because we're to sixty thousand people, and I would far rather have that. But if we can build and we can fill the dam, and then start building into Murrayfield, and 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 then because I, I, I really, I can't say it enough that. We have to go and watch the team play live because they they are a phenomenal team. These 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 you know, and this isn't this isn't trying to be condescending in any way, but these athletes that are not being paid their value to play a to play a professional game as an amateur to watch them play the the game they play and how they've developed has been a phenomenal experience for me to for over the last ten years, and so I can't push. More people, more of the public, the, the the playing public, the paying public to go and actually pay the money and go and watch them. And if you if you if you can get into the dam, the dam health is a nice up to date stadium. It's uh, no matter what Johnny and that say about it being a te- being a being a, um, a tent. It's not a tent. Scotsman started that way back as well. Um, you get so close to the game, you're almost in it, and uh, and it really is a fantastic venue. So no, I, if 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 anyone has time. This weekend on Saturday to go, go and pay your money and go and go and watch the game. It will be brilliant. Do you think it helps, Rachel? That you know, Scotland women having a home now because for a lot of years now it was you know the back pitches, maybe Murray occasionally Murrayfield, sometimes Scotston. But actually, to have a say, well, this is this is our ground now. That's got to give a, a kind of psychological advantage. Yeah, no, massively. I remember, gosh, back good. <sighs> 10 years ago or so, we used to have to travel. There was a game up in Aberdeen. There was a game at Last Wade. There was a game at Meyerside. For the girls to be able to have somewhere they can call home, that's their home ground, that's their home territory, and that's what they'll defend, um, it is fantastic. And as Craig says, the Dam Health Stadium, if that was to become Scotland Women's Stadium um, in kind of the, the shadows of, of uh, Moneyfield itself, I think it would be fantastic. Um, and it's a place that, that the girls can can call their own, call home um, and, and welcome and welcome teams to, to challenge them on their, their home ground. So, no, I think it would be fantastic if, if Scottish rugby were, were able to create um, that kind of home environment for the girls. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to ask you both now. It's a difficult question. We always have to do it when we're previewing Six Nations. Rachel, I'll start with you. Where, what One, where, where do you think Scotland will be and where would you like them to be? Well, obviously I'd like them to be at the top. We'll be champions, but... I know, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but from a realistic point of view, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, in terms of games, I think there's three winnable games. Um, I think we can definitely compete against Wales, Ireland and Italy um, if we, we play the game that um, we've been we have been playing over the past couple of months or so. Um, so obviously I'd love us to, to win the whole thing um, and um, yeah, put out a, a really good show. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely three winnable games and, and two opportunities to, to challenge the, the upper end France and, and England who are kind of leading the way of, of women's rugby. So um, yes, three definite winnable games. Yeah. So third place, Craig? Yeah, I don't. I I don't see. I I I I have to be careful because I went a bit crazy um, with the Six Nations that's just passed and said we've got a chance to win this, you know. Um, and then Wales stopped that. Um, but uh, I think we're, we're in a far more. I, I think the God, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. The team is more cohesive than the than the male team. Um, they've been around a lot longer, although we've got depth um, and we've got the ability that you know all the players that are on the bench will be able to come in and make a difference. There's absolutely no 
no qualms about that whatsoever. But we've got the depth. We've got uh, with God. I'm talking about depth again, Cammy, because we're talking about. You're worried about worried depth. About depth. Yeah, yeah, I was worried about depth. Um, I, I, I really do believe that there's a possibility of of, of a, a huge performance this, this Six Nation and 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 everything is pointing in that direction. And uh, and having just as you say, having a home as well um, really is going to make a huge difference. It's somewhere you have to defend. It's your place. You don't want to be. You don't want anyone else coming in there. And maybe those little switch off moments will be gone, and and we're expecting a, a performance for eighty minutes. Yeah, I think it's going to be challenging because obviously our two home games are against England and against France so mm-hmm. we'll be competing against Wales, Ireland and Italy away from home so I think mm-hmm. that'll add an element of of difficulty to it um, but hopefully kind of mind games aside um, hopefully the girls are able to put in good performances away from home. I wonder how much obviously the, there was the the first kind of repercharge the, the, the European based one the way Obviously, Scotland went away and put in some big performances to get to the second kind of world repechage, and and how much that you're winning away from home in Italy and that mini tournament will have Rachel in terms of giving them the confidence to know that they can go on the road and and put in these these big performances. Even going to Colombia, like we were saying on the podcast, Colombia were complete unknown to Scotland because just nobody you know they haven't played them, no experience of playing with them against them. So, so in itself, that was a huge performance and a huge win, and that's got to give them confidence that they can go away, I guess, and, and, and get these wins. Yeah, definitely. And I think more than ever, what's been brilliant in the lead-up to this Six Nations is obviously we had that tournament in Italy, we had the game against Japan, and then we've had the game in Dubai against Colombia. So that's looking extra five games in the lead-up to this Six Nations. That's five kind of opportunities for the girls to play together, to become more cohesive, to understand each other better, and to hopefully go into the Six Nations in an, an even better place than they have done in previous Six Nations. So to go to these places, to 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 go to to Italy for three weeks and play three challenging games, um, and be able to come away with the opportunity to go to the second repertoire was um was fantastic. And then obviously, as you say, that game against Colombia, there was lots of kind of frantic analysis going on, um, when when Colombia played against Kazakhstan. But both of those teams were complete unknowns to us um scotland have played a couple of times against kazakhstan at sevens um but but sevens and 15 completely different and and that was quite a few years ago so um the kazakhstan team was 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 new to us as well so yes it's very much an, an unknown and i think as you mentioned earlier that's what's going to be so exciting about about the world cup in new zealand um playing against those those teams that are very much unknowns off the back of the Six Nations, um, hopefully with a with a good run at it, um, and should put in some some good performances. Excellent. Well, look, that seems that seems a good point to leave it for this week. We'll be back next week. I don't know what day we'll be back on. We'll, we'll sort it out. But keep an eye on our social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Scott Rugby Pod and at Scott Rugby Blog. We're on Facebook um, as well if you want to find us on there. And you can go to the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Craig's going to do do us a match report, I think. Craig, or you do some sort of coverage over the weekend. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Be good. Um, and we'll be back with uh, a review of the match next week. But, Rachel, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Craig, thank you as always. No problem, thank you. And uh, goodbye, everybody, for listening. Bye now. Bye. Bye.